Chapter 2 Dignified Elizabeth, 6th of November, 1535 My father called for Henny, and she came in through the gallery door very quickly, just as if she'd had her ear to the door. She seemed curiously red around the eyes, and was blinking hard. Take her and prepare her, my father said, then turned abruptly away. Henny took my hand. Although I really was too old to need to hold hands, there was something comforting about her rough grip today. We made our curtsies, although my father barely seemed to notice, and Henny took me back along the gallery and away to our own rooms. The floors below were full of the sound of scuffing boots and laughter. Clearly, there were visitors downstairs in the belly of the house. I could hear our own servants talking, but there were also the loud voices of strange men. I turned to Henny to ask her who they were, but even I could tell from the sight of her set face that this was not a good time for questions. Back in our chamber, Henny showed me a marvel, a new dress. On a normal dull day, I would have given all the hair of my head for a dress like this, but it just seemed part of the morning's general strangeness. Bewildered, I touched the stiff gold tissue of the overskirt and the sequins on the bodice with tentative fingers. Yes, it is for you, said Henny, when she saw what I was doing. And yes, you are going to wear it today. Henny washed my face in cold water, put me into a clean shift, shoved me forcefully into my farthingale, and popped the dress over my head. She did it up with an expression of fierce concentration. What are you doing? I yelped, as she next untied my braid and began to pull a comb through the tangles of my hair. Today you are a bride, said Henny hoarsely, and brides must wear their hair long over their shoulders. When you are married, you will be old enough to put it up. Sit still and stop squirming. It was Aunt Margaret, creeping up on us once again in her usual sinister fashion. I hardly heard her words. I was so used to her constant stream of instructions and complaints about my inability to sit still and my habit of running instead of walking that her voice washed over me like water, leaving nothing behind. I don't think, however, that she intended me to hear what she had said to Henny one day when I was playing behind the tapestries hung on the walls of my bedchamber. She'd said that I was as skinny as a broomstick and like a witch's cat with my squinty green eyes. Her words got me thinking that I would quite like to own a magical cat myself, but on balance, I think I would rather not have heard. Yes, do sit still for a while, Eliza, Henny said, as I wriggled to see what she had done to my hair in the old piece of polished silver we used to see our reflections. It's not Eliza, it's Mistress Elizabeth, I whined as I often did. I could hear Henny harumph softly as she wielded the ivory comb a final time. She resigned herself to it, came round in front of me, and brought her face down near my own. Now, my lady, she said, looking into my eyes, you look just as grand as the Princess Elizabeth herself. Oh, nonsense, came Aunt Margaret's caustic voice from behind us. Is she good and ready? And don't mention the Princess Elizabeth. All the world knows her father the king has taken against her and sent her away from court. Yes, Mistress Margaret, Henny said drawing back slowly and gently pinching my scowling cheek. Now, Elizabeth, Aunt Margaret said, as she took Henny's place before me. Here we go, I thought. I've heard all this before. She used her hand to spin my chin from side to side, inspecting every inch of me. 
She had a little frown on her face, just as usual, but for once I felt she was really looking at me. And when she spoke, it wasn't in her usual sing-song drone. Today your troth will be plighted to the Earl of Westmoreland's son. He's a Viscount, which means that one day you will be a Viscountess, and when his father dies, you will be a Countess. That's second only to a Duchess or a Princess. I don't want any of your jokings or frolickings. No, Aunt Margaret. And no sullen silences or frowns either. You must be dignified, Elizabeth. Yes, Aunt Margaret. Is he here now? I asked, nervousness as well as curiosity stirring inside me. Lord love us, no. I squirmed for a little longer under her critical inspection, until she decided to take pity on my ignorance. Up in the great chamber, we will meet his servant, the man he has sent to stand in. You will take his...